I can honestly say I've never seen a guy with the raw potential. And I don't remember a time uh, recently where someone has come on the scene that was so spoken about. His strength, his speed, his look, the aptitude, the determination, he's got the package. He has as much as, as anybody that I've ever seen in this profession. Welcome to the Geek Generation. Yeah, welcome. Hey, you're not on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Volpe and Mikey are in the studio with me for the intro here. This was a fun episode. I was at Super Mega Fest recently and bumped into old wrestling buddy Mike Bennett, who you also know, Volpe. Yes. We uh, trained with him back in the day at Bob Evans Slam Tech. I know it seems like not that long ago, but. Mm kind of was that long ago <laughs> my fondest moment was jumping off the top rope and catching a super kick in the face was it that's how he beat me yeah that's how he beat you yeah oh it's funny too because we talk about this episode when i did a springboard into his super kick oh. and uh I see a pattern <laughs> i'm assuming your match was after hours i don't know yeah, i don't know it was one of those it was like one of the tapings that they did for the yep. internet well anyway i uh, saw mike bennett at ring of honors mike bennett that's right now at uh super mega fest recently and he was generous enough to sit down with his time and we talked for like a good hour about wrestling training uh the current state of the independent scene how he first got into wrestling his relationship with former wwe diva maria canales who's also in ring of honor with him now a whole bunch of stuff and it was a really fun episode to record before we get into the episode though real quick holidays are coming up and I want to make sure that everybody is doing everything they can to possibly support the show because I know that's everyone's prime concern with the holidays coming up. So in order to do that, if people are going to shop on Amazon, Mikey, where should they go? <laughs> go to thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon. Yeah! <laughs> they should go to thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon. And if you buy anything there, it gives us a little kickback. We really appreciate that. No extra money on your side. Uh, So do that if you are shopping on Amazon this holiday season. We really appreciate it. So without further ado, uh, here's the interview with Mike Bennett. I don't really do an intro or anything. I always do that afterwards. Do I have to say a certain, is there, does it matter where I go towards the mic? How Uh, close should I I be? You don't want, you don't have to eat it. (laughs) (laughs) The closer, the better, maybe. (laughs) You're totally fine where you are. Right here? Okay. Because I did the one in LA and I had to be like in the microphone. Oh, really? Yeah. For after buzz, I had to like. Oh, that's uh, Maria Menounos' yeah. company, right? We used her to, we used to do, yeah, we used to watch Raw and then like just whatever. That's cool. And so Maria did it, my Maria, and then yeah. and uh, we we'd have like four other people on, and I, the microphones were like up, so you'd have to be like, <laughs> okay. They probably have more high end equipment than I do too. Yeah, well, they had they have a whole studio, like you legit oh, watch yeah. it and then go into the studio. Yeah, which my is studio a, is my apartment in their so. house. It's in their house, <laughs> oh. but they literally they have an after buzz house, so that's. Crazy. Yeah, that's Wait, they have a house for after for buzz. after buzz specifically for after buzz and the people there. So it's like that's where we would go. They have like a whole theater room. Like that's it's crazy. This size. It's this size with just tons of fucking comfy chairs against the wall. Huge yeah. TV. We just order pizza, watch Raw, and then go in. And I mean, it's all we do. We work for free, but it was so much fun. After shows are the thing now. Yeah. Like there's Talking Dead and Talking Bad. Yeah. And yep. Those are all huge. And that's and, what I mean. After Buzz gets a ton of fucking views. Oh yeah. All the time. Everybody wants to talk about the yeah. stuff that they're yeah. into, especially in wrestling, because yeah. people are obsessed. Why aren't you guys yeah. recording this? This is like your whole. Podcast. What do you mean? We are recording. Yeah. See? You didn't know that? That's how fluid I am. Look at that. Yeah, that's guy in the background right now. <laughs> See? That's why you're a Ring of Honor podcast. On oh, yeah. There. You and your <laughs> stupid iPhone. Speaking of Ring of Honor, thanks for the segue. Look at that. <laughs> Segway. How long you been in Ring of Honor now? Um, three and a half years, I think. Yeah. Yeah, my debut. Well, I signed a contract in, in August of O. No, 010. That doesn't make sense. 2010. But then uh, uh, my official debut, I don't think, was till that December. Okay. So I think it's it's been about three and a half years I was under contract, but I guess three years that I've been on TV. 
how I remember that, I don't know. But <laughs> it, probably because me and Maria were just talking about it. Oh, okay. Because we were looking at pictures of my feud with Carino. Yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah, I saw you shared one those yeah, the other day. Yeah, I couldn't and... believe it was three years ago. I was like, holy cow. Like, yeah. It seems like just the other day. But yeah, three years. And it's kind of crazy to me because I think about like all like the, the gods in Ring of Honor that everyone looks up to, like Punk and Joe, sure, who are sure. amazing. But if you look at their careers, they really weren't in Ring of Honor for like seven, eight years because Ring of Honor's only been around since, what, oh two. Oh, oh, really? Oh, two. So, wow. they, so Punk was really technically only in Ring of Honor for like three years. And don't quote me because right. well, the yeah. Ring of Honor fans will kill me if I get it <laughs> wrong. So, but my point is that like even guys like Tyler Black who are now on TV and stuff like that. Because sure. Ring of Honor hasn't been around that long. So right, right. it's kind of crazy to think that I've been there. I'm not putting myself on that level, but I've been there almost as long as you those don't have guys to be have. humble here. It's okay. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> I have to be because someone somewhere will hear it and be like, "Yeah, hey, that Mike yeah. Bennett's a piece of shit." He said he was CM Punk. No, I'm not saying I'm CM Punk. He is awesome. I am Michael Bennett, and I'm proud of that. Yeah. So, so when did you uh, when did you start training? Because I mean, I met you well into your oh, wrestling God. career. I mean, uh, I'm sure you were training before I was. I started. I want to say 2001. I'm trying to think. Yeah, because I think I've been wrestling 12 years now. Wow, makes me sound old. <laughs> uh, yeah, I started when I was 16. So, uh, yeah, 2001, I started training at Yankee Pro Wrestling yep. out of New Bedford, Mass., which now is Top Rope, which is kind of funny that I still even wrestle there, but I do shows there all the time. Yeah. But from there, I went, uh, I got an okay training there. I'm not going to, you know, bury anyone on this podcast yeah. and say who sucks and who doesn't but i got a better let me just it's okay I, you yeah. can say i suck yeah. <laughs> i don't mind uh, let's just say i got a better training when i went to bob yeah bob, bob evans where i met you yeah yeah and uh then from there i went to steve bradley who bob and steve probably had the biggest impact on my career and then yeah. from there i went to kentucky to train with rib rogers and then came back and trained with spike dudley so i feel like i've done it i've trained from i mean you get certain aspect from bob Yep. Certain aspect from Steve, you get certain, definitely a certain aspect from Rip Rogers, who's amazing, yeah. and then a, uh, Spike Dudley, who doesn't get enough credit for how good he really is. You and know? he's he's got the school in New Bedford. He's too got the now, school right? in New Bedford. It's actually run by uh, Ryan Drew. Oh no kidding! He, uh, I mean, Spike's name is on the marquee, sure. which is smart because he does stop by every now and then. But uh, I mean, Drew Ryan Drew is is, and I've had this conversation with Guy a ton of times. Who's here? He, uh, he's the most, I think, underrated wrestler slash trainer in New England. Yeah. He's unbelievable. His mind for wrestling is incredible. And I don't think he get like, I've seen the guys he's had come through, mm -hmm. guys who are now being successful, like Matt Taven and Vinny Marcellia, who yeah. he's single-handed. Like, I've helped them, but he, he's the guy who worked with them every single day. Yeah, I remember Ryan showing up at Bob's place a few times. Yeah. And, like, since he had the, a similar style to what yeah. I was looking to do, right. he gave me some amazing advice. Right, and that's the thing is, like, uh, wrestling, like Rip always used to teach us, is flavors of ice cream. Sure. And sometimes you'll go to a trainer who doesn't believe that, believes mm -hmm. that it's their way or the highway, which is fine. Because, but in your head as a wrestler, you have to know wrestling is all different types. Right. But if you go in and a trainer's like, no, it's my way or the highway, and then you believe that, then you're screwed. But the good thing about Ryan Drew is he knows that. He'll tell you, I'm going to show you this way. It's yep. not right. It's not wrong. It's not, it's just, this is my way. Oh, you did it that way. Okay. That he's not, he's not one to not listen and say, oh, you know, but I, I recently he went to the ring of honor show in Providence and, and I remember talking to him after it and I said, I think it was the first one he went to. I was like, what'd you think of the show? He's like, it was great. He's like, you know, some of the stuff wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. Some of the stuff was, he goes, but everything was awesome. Yeah. And that's kind of what I respect about him. He gets everything. He gets Ring of Honor style, WWE style. Well, you know, I don't like to say styles. I think just good wrestling is right, good wrestling. Right, That's right. how I look at it. It's funny. When you when you talk about the styles too, I think about all the, the things that I would get yelled at when I was training right. because they didn't make sense to right. me. Yeah. Like there are certain spots that I hate right. because I can't justify them yeah. in any way. Like the slingshot spot. Uh-huh. Why is the guy jumping right. after that? I don't understand yeah. that. That makes zero sense right. to me. The uh the double axe handle coming down off the top, off the top rope. Yeah. What are you going to do with that? Right. No, it's funny. Me, I'll tell another story just because I think I, I laughed hysterically. So I, I don't know who runs it and I want to say it's Teddy, but I don't know from uh, top rope, but I think there's a Facebook page 
where it's all like he puts up all old matches and, and oh. <laughs> pictures of New England wrestling. Yeah. And me and Guy were watching, I think it was Sweet Scott Ashworth versus uh, sweet, Sky sweet, King. Sweet, sweet. Sky King. And this is, I'm, I'm getting to a point here. And this was <laughs> the slingshot spot. Yeah. And so I'll reveal a little wrestling secret here. Ooh. When you do the slingshot, yeah. you have to put your knees behind the guy right, right. and hold the guy on his legs as far down on him as you possibly can. Yep. So when you go down, you get the most momentum. Now, Sky King hit Sweet Scott Ashworth with a drop kick. Now, wrestling psychology would say when you go for it again, Sweet's the baby face, so he'll stop him, right. grab him, go for the slingshot, and then slingshot him either into the turnbuckle or outside the ring. Sure. They did everything perfectly except when Sweet Scott Ashworth. Now, I love Sweet, but <laughs> he went for the slingshot. And instead of putting his legs behind Sky King's back, just complete spread eagle. So when he goes down, <laughs> Sky King just <laughs> and has to literally just launch himself over. I don't know. He did a complete sit up, <laughs> landed on his feet and then launched it launched himself out onto the floor. It was amazing. That's hysterical. I, I was dying laughing. It's like, what was it? we watched it 600 times because <laughs> it was just like slingshot, but legs completely spread. And then he went nowhere. Do so you ever get jumped. that where you're, you're talking over stuff with a guy beforehand and he's like this, 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 and this, and one of them that you're just like, no, yeah, no, we're yeah, not doing that. There's a lot of times when you yeah. get like, uh, I mean, especially in ring of honor where there are guys do stuff that sometimes I don't agree with, but, uh, it's tough because you have to draw that fine line between yeah. doing what you do and then doing what they do and then trying to find a balance. So a lot of times I, I do have to swallow my pride and say, all right, I'll do it now, yeah. but I'm not happy about it, but I'm going to do it. I love that. And all the time that I wrestled, no one ever asked me to take a pile driver. Ah. I was just, I, I was dreading the day I would have to say no to somebody because I was, I was like, there's no driver. way I want to talk to the wrong guy. Uh, oh yeah. Now, now that's my move now. Oh, is it? Yeah. No kidding. I've been, me and Steen have the match coming up at final battle because he does the package pile driver. Okay. And so, and I just do the old school Jerry Lawler pile driver oh, no because kidding. it's awesome. And I'd so, probably take it from you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, uh, yeah, we have a pile driver versus pile driver match. A loser can no longer use his pile oh, no driver kidding. stretcher match. So, <laughs> and it's a stretcher and match. It's a stretcher just to throw match. more on just top to, of it, just to, so we can be That's even funny. more brutal. <laughs> I actually probably would take it from you. The the one match that we actually worked right um, was like the lightest thing. Ever. Well, that's, you know, it's funny. It's like, and again, this is another conversation I was having with Maria because Rip and uh, Mondo, Mike Mondo used to always say to me after matches and stuff and after Ring of Honor shows or whatever, he goes, you know, there's no talent to kicking somebody as hard as you can. Right. There's no talent to that. He said the talent is making it look like you're going to kick someone as hard as you can and then not touching them, yep. but making it look like you did. And that always stuck in my head because that's the truth. Like, I get it. Chops are going to hurt kicks to the yeah. back are going to hurt yeah. certain things in wrestling but a bump already hurts enough so there's no need to really right kick someone as hard as you possibly can in the head and i've always prided myself on the fact that i try to work like i remember i wrestled brutus beefcake one time and like his punches were like i mean i don't know how they looked but i just remember <laughs> that it was like i mean he could have been missing me by a mile but right. i remember that there were certain times where i i didn't sell something and and then in the back of my head i went oh i think he probably just did something to me i should probably i didn't <laughs> you feel it tell. yeah wow. and it's just it's a testament to those guys because yeah. they had to work seven days a week right so you had to take care of your opponent or you'd be you, well, I mean, a lot of them can't walk now. So you see how yeah, yeah. I just imagine how tough it's going to be for guys. Well, it's crazy. All the stuff that you think would be the lightest is the stuff that's heaviest and then vice versa. Right. I mean, like I'd get in the ring with Mike Sane, uh -huh. who I loved working. Right. It was just fun as hell. But man, did he, oh, he <laughs> lay in, in yeah. everything. And, you know, and that's and I'm OK with that. Yeah. If it's safe and if it's in the right place, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but if I'm in the ring and you're going to kick me in the head and I'm going to let you kick me in the head, yep. be safe with it. Yeah. If if we're outside the ring and the crowd's right there and you're going to kick me in the back or chop me, fucking lay it in then. Yeah. Good. The crowd's right there. But if we're in the ring and I'm saying, all right, my head, no, just just don't. We did a spot. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> and the fact that you pulled it off with like what barely we touching. We, I did a springboard into your super kick. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and I didn't kill you? No. Nice. It was the lightest thing ever. Success. And the thing that still like bugs me about that is like watching for whatever reason. I don't know if people in the indies just get big heads about themselves. Yeah. They're like, WWE watches the indies and copies everything right. they do. Shelton Benjamin and Shawn Michaels did the same fucking spot 
out two weeks after really? our match. See, at the in my head, literally, I just thought I was like, oh, I must have watched that spot and stole it. Right. So I didn't steal it. I just came up with that. I'm right. like, oh, nice. I'm very proud of myself <laughs> for that. I, I, I keep to this day, I pretend and convince myself that they copied our That's spot fine. off the internet. Because I legit, when you were telling me that spot, I'm like, oh, Mark Bennett must have watched WWE and stole that <laughs> spot and thought he was cool. But all right, I created that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's no, awesome. That was fun. Good for me. <laughs> I think that was my last like EPW or like TV internet match that yeah. I had. And that was, um, I think I was talking to you about a guy actually, is you were asking me who I wanted to work. Like I was definitely leaving that part and going to work for NCW like right. almost exclusively, which is not one of my better decisions in my life, but Oh, um, that's okay. <laughs> we all make bad decisions. Yeah. Well that bad decision lasted about five years. So <laughs> that's a really bad that's but, like a bad marriage. <laughs> when when they were asking me who I haven't worked yet that I really wanted to, you're the guy that I named. Right. And I don't know if that's why our match came up or not, but I again pretend that <laughs> someone okay. listened to me and Yeah. Hey. I'm just proud I came I'm still thinking about that I created that spot. That's <laughs> Because now at Ring of Honor, like I'm thinking I'm trying to be different and it's just not possible in that company because so many people are so creative there. Like, yeah. I mean, the guy I'm, I've been feuding with, Steen, like he, his mind for wrestling is fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I, and I just sit there and it's like, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I feel like a rookie listening to him talk. I'm like, how do you know all this stuff? And it's, I mean, it's great for me because I love learning and yeah. I'm not one of those people that's like, I know everything in wrestling. But, you know, when I'm by myself or I'm talking to Maria, I'm like, I fucking suck. <laughs> he just came up with that whole angle. I just, I, I you know, yeah, he like that super kick spot I came up with. But <laughs> the, the spot they popped the biggest for that was Steen. I suck. So, but I like, I used to just write like storylines. Yeah. Like literally just sit down and like write, not even for myself. Right. Like I just know other people were feuding. I just write down stuff because yeah. I, I wanted, my brain was in that space all the time. That's what I, For me, I have, it's in my phone. It's in my, whatever I have, I have a notebook at home or uh, my iPad. I just write stuff, whether it has to do with who I'm wrestling with or not. Yep. Or whether I'm even like, I could not like say I, I'm feuding with scene and I come up with an idea to, with Roderick Strong. Like, okay, I sure. may not wrestle Roderick Strong for six more months, but I have an idea and I'll write it down or whatever. And uh, yeah, I mean, literally yesterday I just started filming promos on my iPad. I just set oh, it yeah. up and I just started cutting promos and just to see, you know, and That's I started cool. making facial because I always do it in the mirror, yeah. make facial expressions and stuff like that. And so I was just fucking around with my iPad and then I accidentally put it on the video and I saw myself and I was like, I wonder if I just started recording facial expressions or how I would react. And I just did it. Yeah. I mean, it's weird to watch it back, but it does actually, I was like, I can't because I have my iPad for almost like two years now. I'm like, why didn't I think of this before? This is brilliant. Like I can literally yeah. just cut promos. No one will ever see. Yeah. I can delete them all I want yep. and then just, I'll have them. It's you know? so important too. Oh, it's, it's the big, my I mean, since gripe. I started doing comedy and I, I, I literally sit in my apartment with my microphones, record myself yeah. as if there's a crowd there right. and then listen back. And like, when you hear it back, you're like, could I tag this or change this? Yeah. Or, and you record yourself to get the facial expressions it's and things so, like that. I don't think like it's, it's a big problem in wrestling, not just, I mean, indie wrestling. Yeah. Because the talent in indie wrestling now, I think is the best it's ever been. Mm -hmm. But the one thing I personally think it lack for what people can say, I lack in wrestling ability. I know I make up for in promos, facial expressions and all that yeah. stuff, because that's what I pride myself on. But I think that's the biggest thing that people lack. And they, people say like, well, you know, triple H doesn't know good talent when he sees it or Vince doesn't know, but they're a television company. Sure. Wrestling is a TV product mm -hmm. and you have to be just as good, if not better on camera than you are as a wrestler. Like Absolutely. your wrestling ability is not going to get you. And I hate to say it because yeah. I love wrestling to death, but your wrestling ability is not going to get you anywhere. The reason CM Punk is where he is, is because his wrestling is awesome. Yep. But that comes second to the fact that he can cut a promo and his facial expressions are oh, perfect yeah. for TV. Yeah. And that's what the same thing with Daniel Bryan. Like yep. he transformed into something totally different than he was in ring of honor. But that's what's keeping him on TV. Yeah. And, you know, and that's and that's what I think is like there's so much talent in the indies right now. But for some reason, people don't see that aspect of mm -hmm. it. And it's like and that's fine. If you don't want to go and wrestle for WWE, that's cool. But even now, Ring of Honor is a television company. And yeah. that's what we've the, the we've been told. And it's driven into us that 
TV is what's most important. And mm-hmm. for some reason, like guys can't pick up to work a camera or to look at the hard camera. You know, they just w- focus on the four or 500 people that are there, right. which yeah, it's tough if there's 400 people to the left of you, but the camera that's going to get the good shot is to the right of you. Right. You got to focus on that one guy holding the camera, and that's tough. And you got to imagine that that one guy represents 4,000 people, a bigger audience right. than is present. And yeah. that's, that's tough. I mean, to a lot of guys' credits, they're getting it. Yep. But I think to me, if I look at the indies as a whole, that I think that's the biggest problem. Like, if people studied that, then I think a lot more indie guys would get signed, go to Ring of Honor, go mm-hmm. to TNA, go to WWE. I don't necessarily think it's WWE keeping down the man. I think it's. They just, they see this and they're like, we're a television product. We're seen by millions of people. If your back is to a camera, you know, constantly, when they say that they can't mold them, it's not like they want to mold them from being a great wrestler. They want to mold you into being a successful TV product. Do you feel like going into Ring of Honor, you had that edge as far as like the, the knowledge of the TV production a little bit more? I think... Uh, I had it more than most, but I don't think I truly grasped it until I started dating Maria. Okay. And she, she drove that home. Like oh, you, and she like, brought in all that like experience. I knew, yeah. Sure. I knew from doing certain TV products, like what Bob would run his, his, his like, uh, internet TV. Mm-hmm. And there was always a hard cam, yep. but there was never a roaming camera. Yeah. And that's something that people don't pick up. And it's funny. Uh, one of the best learning experiences I got was, uh, I think it was WrestleMania 20, the one that was in Miami, wherever that was, Mm -hmm. because we had Ring of Honor in Miami. And then Maria had got us tickets to go. uh, Someone brought her in to do like a podcast and watch the show and then do a podcast. So up from one of the booths. So it was an awesome experience. I got to watch the whole show for free at first WrestleMania I've ever went to. But we were leaving. And as we were leaving, we were walking by like the where all the, the, the boys park and stuff and and uh, the whole production crew was out there. Now, Maria was like best friends with the production crew. Okay. She was super close with all of them. And so they saw Maria and then called us over. So we went over and we were just, you know, joking around and and talking with the, the production crew. And one of the head production crew guys, his name's Marty. Um, I think he's the director of SmackDown now. I don't know, but he's a super nice guy. But he just started giving me like a... a lesson on camera work yeah and he was just it was it was the match that triple h wrestled undertaker and the cell oh yeah yeah and he was he was telling me he just stuff he's like now did you and i don't know how we started getting on but it was awesome oh because he was telling me that the guys some of the guys don't that's the biggest problem is guys don't know camera work okay and he goes now did you notice every time triple h did something where he sold I was like, you know, what do you mean? He goes, he always sold to a turnbuckle or he sold to a rope oh. or he sold, you know, I so, and he's like, do you know why? And I was like, no, almost like I was like a little puppy. I was <laughs> like, why? Tell me. He's like, because that's where the cameras are. Yeah. So after each big move or each big kick out or each big sell, if you sell there, there's going to be a roaming camera right there. And I was like, oh, holy wow. cow. Like, you don't think of that stuff. And yeah. I never knew that. Even working with Jim Cornette, who's the greatest TV guy ever, I never knew that. Even like, And then after that, it just started. I would just start watching and you just Which see. Which is something we're never taught until you no. hit that level. Why and would yet you? You're supposed you know, to know A it. lot of the guys don't know it. Right. So that's the thing. And that's why people always drive home, go to a trainer that's reputable and yeah. can teach you that stuff. Because, I mean, and it's no discredit to, to Bob or to anybody. You just, right. He taught me amazing stuff that I don't know. But then there's those aspects yeah. that you just don't know until you're repeatedly on TV and being taught that stuff. Sure. Like Maria knew it because she was on TV every Monday night, which and you're going to get to the back and Vince is going to say, you missed that camera, idiot, or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. like she can drive that home, but you're not taught that. So how are you supposed to know? Yep. And it's it's crazy. But wrestling's a TV product. So yeah. You, you, got to get your face to where it needs to be i mean that's great advice to anyone listening who is starting out yeah then i mean if you can set those patterns now because if you're going through for so long i wouldn't have even i just remember when to sell like right 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 (laughs) but if i was taught to sell and then to sell specifically to specific things then you want to establish those habits early i'm sure yeah you you have to and it's and i think and that's uh I think that'll set someone apart nowadays because you're not going to do a move that nobody hasn't like, it's like uh, Nova used to tell me uh, when I was, when he was in WWE, he's like, uh, you're not going to do a move that Rey Mysterio can't do. 
You know, you're n- as long as we have Big Show on the show, you're never going to be the biggest guy. Yeah. As long as we, you know, as long as we have John Morrison, you're never going to be the most ripped guy. Yeah. It's like, so what's, <laughs> you know, so he, yeah. but, but it was, and he had a list of like tons of people that he would just say, you're never going to be this, you're never going to be that. Yeah. So why try to be that? Why not try to be different? And I think nowadays that is what's going to set you apart. Like, yeah. especially if you're on the indies and they sign you and you go to NXT and you already, you go to the their TV tapings and you already know how to work a camera. Yep. They're going to be like, oh, Triple H will be like, this guy's ready for TV now. Right. Okay. I mean, yeah, this is wrestling politics and you'll never get past that. But if it's you- one less thing. Exactly. If you can avoid, avoid the stuff that you can avoid yep. and- the politics will be whatever if you can deal sure. with those then but you have like and that that will set you apart like and that that's why Cornette always loved me in ring of honor is because i did i did the little things i I did the camera stuff mm-hmm. i wasn't doing the big moves so the fans were like oh this guy blows what the fuck does he know <laughs> but i did the little stuff and so sure. yeah if the boss likes you then the boss likes you and he liked me for that so fuck it i'll ride it all the way to the bank you know i don't fucking care absolutely you know the, the guy in the front row that wants to see me do a triple indie kick isn't paying my bills yeah. you know jim Cornette, ring of honor sinclair they pay my bills. so what they want they get yeah yeah so let's go back and uh talk about like how you got into wrestling to begin with like sure. let's go let's go to little mike bennett and, little uh, mike bennett <laughs> little mike bennett and uh first exposures with watching wrestling what really caught your eye and like grasp you about that world god i mean i i watched it like every five-year-old kid i watched it when i was younger with my buddy eli who we used to wrestle the wrestling buddies in his his living room and stuff (laughs) you know i was a big hulkamaniac but i fell out of like i just stopped watching it after once i turned like seven or eight i just didn't watch it but then i remember the attitude era was right around like my middle school years okay the beginning of my high school years. right when you're getting rowdy anyway yeah so that i mean all my buddies were into it and they're like you gotta check out this stone cold i'm like who what what and i put i just remember putting it on one night and i was instantly hooked i was like i mean stone cold was the greatest mankind was the greatest under the dx was the best thing and it was popular you know like i could wear my wrestling shirts to school and fit in you know what i mean so it wasn't uncool to be a wrestling fan which was a transition in itself right yeah because it's i mean i feel like it's transitioning back to not be cool again (laughs) i don't care but it, it i remember and that was right around the time I was begging my family. I'm like, I got to go to a show. I have to go to a show because I'd never been to anything. And so finally for Christmas, my dad got me tickets to go see a Raw tape. This is when they taped Raw on Tuesday. They yeah. would do Monday Night Live, Monday Night Raw live on Monday. Okay. And then they would tape Monday Night Raw on Tuesday and then air it. The, you know, they would did, they did yeah. like one yeah, Monday yeah. on, one Monday off. Yep. So I went to the Tuesday taping for um, uh, the Monday Night Raw and uh, it was the, the the one where Mick Foley first won his title in, oh, in wow. Worcester when he beat The Rock because Stone Cold came out and hit him. That with was the your chip. first live that show. Was the very oh my first god! Live show I saw, and I literally leaving that building told my dad that's what I was going to do. I was like, I'm I'm a wrestler. Wow, that's what I'm going to be, and it stuck with me. And that's literally uh, I've I haven't wanted to be anything since, like. It, it, it literally was just one track that's that it. happened and it was like wrestling and so when i turned 16 i found out about wrestling like i had just i'm like what do i have to do what do i have? but i was like 14 when i first saw my first sure, show sure. so i didn't think i could and then i just you know when i turned when i went to high school and finally my my sophomore or junior year i just was like i'm gonna look it up and see what i can do i found some schools and my parents said as long as you go to school after you graduate and have a backup plan we'll support you so i was like all right i promise and I stuck to my word. I got my associate's degree in criminal justice. Yeah. I said, there's my backup plan. And a potential future gimmick. Right. <laughs> I stuck to my, they stuck to their word and let me sign up for a school at 16 because yeah. I needed a parent's permission. But, and I stuck to my word. So after you saw that show and you made the choice, was it like right in the gym and start? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I had always, uh, me and my brother were, I have two brothers. I have a younger brother and an older brother, but me and my older brother were always really into sports. Okay. So uh, athletics and stuff was always, I always played soccer, basketball. I played baseball for a few years, but soccer and basketball were always my sports. So I was always, you know, and I was always pretty, like I was always a pretty decent at whatever sport I played. Mm-hmm. So I like, you know how some kids are just naturally sure, good. Absolutely. Me and my brother were always just naturally good at sports. Yep. So it was always fun for us. Like we didn't suck. Yeah. We were competitive. And so like, I, I don't say, I'm not going to say I was the best, right. but I was never the worst. Like I was somewhere in between. So sports was always fun for me. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, so I always played sports, but I never really like went to the gym or anything. I was always just kind of naturally oh, athletic. Okay. Yeah. And so, and I just, that was just because I played sports. Yep. But then after... I wanted to be a wrestler 
it was like, all right, I got to get bigger too. So yeah. I still played sports because I, I knew, I don't know how I knew all this, but somehow in my head, I was like, well, I'll still play sports. Probably, honestly, it's probably because like when you're watching wrestling shows, they're like, oh, The Rock used to play football. So in the back of my head, I was sure, like, Mike, sure. I'm seeing them JR saying, Mike Bennett used to play uh, basketball at uh, Carver High School, <laughs> you know? So it's yeah, like, yeah. so in my head, I was like, okay, so that's what I'll do. And, um, so yeah, I, I, I just, but then I was like, all right, I got to get bigger. I got to get bigger. I got to get bigger. So I hit the gym along with playing sports yep. and then eventually sports died out and it just became, I mean, I'm still a huge sports fan, but yeah. I can't play sports now. My knees will probably give out, but I just, now it's just 100% focus on the gym. Yeah. Was there, um, other things that you did in that interim? Cause if, if you get the interest at 14 and you don't start training until you're 16, were there other things aside from playing sports that you kind of like focused your attention on knowing that it would yeah. benefit your wrestling career? You know, it, it's, it's funny because, um, before I actually wanted to be a wrestler, I was big into acting, which kind of okay. went toe to toe. Absolutely. Like my yeah. sister was always, uh, her friends in high school were really big into theater and at the time, I was just little when she, not that little, but she was obviously older than me. And I would go to the plays at Carver High School. And she actually, her friends were actually really talented. Like, and I'm not just saying that because I was little, like a couple of her friends actually went to go play, uh, perform on Broadway. Okay. And they were actually talented. So I kind of got the bug by watching them. You know, it wasn't just seeing crappy, shitty high school plays. Right, it was right. actually seeing, you know, guys who could sing and act and dance. So I always had the acting bug. So like in sixth grade, I would, I took a lot of acting lessons and a lot of acting acting classes so that always helped me to a certain point sure. in wrestling i think that always helped my promos out because i had kind of like and i still have a love for acting like mm -hmm. i still love to watch broadway and stuff like that like i just have a natural love for any kind of entertainment that you know what i mean so and i never i didn't i wish i pursued actually pursued acting in high school because oh, yeah? i wish i knew that it would be as pivotal in wrestling now like i know it now i know exactly you know? how you feel and yeah. i wish yeah. i wish i knew that when i started because i would have done sports i would have lifted i would have done yep. theater i would have done it all maybe a little bit of martial arts yeah, yeah just yeah. to mold myself into something perfect yep. but i didn't know that i was like oh wrestling you know i'll just hit the gym and go yep. train and i'll be the <laughs> fucking rock yeah watch this but but i was actually lucky that pre wanting to be a wrestler i i was into acting so i had that experience as acting lessons but in between it was more so just biding my time until yeah. i could become a wrestler did you do like the drama department stuff and all that and no i didn't do it i did there was uh an acting class uh an acting school a couple miles from my house okay. that i would take every summer and what we would do is we would we do like two or three plays every summer oh wow and they, we'd, we'd uh it was like two two or three times a week in the morning, it was all like lessons and stuff. And then in the afternoon, it was rehearsal for the play that we were going to put on in mm -hmm. like, so say there's three months in the summer, each month was probably a play. So we'd go to the lessons during the day and then rehearse for the play in the afternoon. And it was more so like, it was like a daycare slash, you know, like right, they were right. all kids in like fifth and sixth grade, but it was, I mean, that's where all my sister's friends had gone too. Sure. So it was, it was, they taught us some fun stuff. Like, I mean, I did, I did like a short story play and then we did the Wizard of Oz. Oh yeah. Where I played Oz. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, majority of me in the play was standing behind like the backdrop yep. and then opening a door and then a strobe light would flash. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, I am Oz until the very end when they pull you out sure. and they see who it is. And I was a scrawny kid back then. So that would always get a laugh. And that was my role. But it actually, I mean, it helped. It was a lot of fun. That sounds to me a lot like a wrestling intro. Yeah, no, it, it, it was this big entrance. Right. And then here comes a scrawny guy in trash bag pants. So... Yeah, that, that was my entrance to acting, but I, I love it. It's, I'm always jealous that Maria's getting to do all these movies. I'm yeah. like, I want to join. That's fun. You never know. Your day might yeah, come no, for that. Yeah, no, I'm holding out. I'd love to do it. I mean, the fact that you have any kind of background is already more than most. Yeah, so. no, I, I lucked out, and it's weird that I did it before I even knew I needed it. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, I did it just because of a love for acting. I, I didn't do it because, oh, I want to be a wrestler, and I need to know how to act, yeah. so... Do you think if the wrestling bug never bit you, that would kind of be the so. road you took? Yeah, yeah. That, that's where I was headed. Like, uh, I was sixth, seventh grade, mm -hmm. and then seventh grade is kind of when the wrestling bug hit me. So I think if if that didn't happen, because once I started watching Raw, I became yep. obsessed with it. I wouldn't miss it. So I think I, I I lost interest. I lost interest for sports too because I want, but I still played sure. just because my parents were like, "No, you're not giving everything up for stupid wrestling." Right. So. <laughs> I still played, but uh, yeah, I, I honestly think had I not found wrestling, it probably would have been 
you know, that sort of avenue. I've never been one to, I can't do a nine to five job. I can't, yeah, which is, yeah. it's a gift and a curse because yeah, this, it's the yeah. worst. I talk to Maria about it all the time. I wish I could. I respect the hell out of people yeah. that can. I, I think they're the most, they're the toughest fucking people in the world because yeah. I can't do it. Yeah, I, can't I need to be some, I, some, my mind is so far outside the box that yep. I can't sit still that long enough. So I knew somehow if it wasn't wrestling, it'd be some obscure some crazy rock star musician. Yeah. I don't know. I can't even play music, but it would be something. You know? <laughs> I'd do it anyway. Yeah, just I to would do just, it. Half the musicians out there can't sing, so I would be them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'd be something, but not. What do you think it is about you as a person that makes you gravitate towards entertainment? Because like you said, acting was a thing. Right. Wrestling was a thing. I mean, I feel like I have the same. And then I had middle child on top of my syndrome. Right. And uh, like. I was doing the wrestling for a while. I'm doing comedy now. I mean, this is entertainment. Right. There's a need for me. I, for me, I know I have a hole in my soul that I need an audience to fill. But what about you as a person do you think really makes you gravitate towards that? Uh, you know what it is? And this is going to sound uh, extremely corny, but it's the truth. I like making people happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is weird because I've always been a heel yeah. as, in wrestling. <laughs> but I like, I like the fact that Joe Schmo sitting in the front row who, let's say, you know, his dog died and his wife left him. Yep. Sounds like a country song, but <laughs> his dog died, his wife left him for the 10 minutes or 20 minutes I'm out yeah. there. I can make him forget about what's going on at home. That makes me excited. Like, that makes me happy. Like, I legit... I've seen, I've been to a ton of these conventions mm -hmm. and I've seen assholes and celebrities who are douches yep. and I genuinely enjoy meeting people who tell me they're a fan or they yeah. like what I do or they respect what I, and Maria's the same way. Like she's, she's done so much and Joe Schmo from Idaho comes up and she's just as nice as she is to him as if Brad Pitt walked through the door right. and was like, Hey, I have this movie role for, you, you know, she treats everyone the same and it's. It's that I, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but I think it's just that genuine excitement that people get behind you. You know what I mean? Like, right, I right. think it's cool when musicians are on stage and the fans are singing along with their songs. Like, I think that's awesome. Yeah. You're connecting with an audience. I think it's awesome when people can, you know, put themselves in a movie for two hours. And, and, and that's what I find with wrestling. Like, I think it's awesome that people can genuinely hate me for 10 minutes yeah. and like to see someone kick my ass. And if that's what it takes, <laughs> screw it. That's awesome. You know, and it's, it's, like i like it i guess it's my I, I like the idea of being able to give back because mm -hmm. i've always been a very i like being a generous person and so like i i think that's what i enjoy most about it i think that's why like if i was behind a desk or something i'd feel like i'm wasting my time right right but there are people it's not i mean i'm not downplaying it because i respect people who can do that but for me i i would feel like there's so much that's not what I meant to do. Yeah. I meant to entertain somewhere. And it's funny because when I was little, that's what my parents would say. Like, yeah, I was, they would always say, you always love the stage, whether you were two years old running around in your diaper, like you always just wanted, again, we're just throwing out new gimmicks, right? Like, yeah, left and right. Come out in the diaper. <laughs> they said you always just wanted attention from yeah. somebody. And I, it's, I don't know what, like, yeah, that's kind of, it, it hasn't changed. Like I just want, I like making people, happy and yep. forgetting about the shitty world that we live in yeah dude i totally understand i mean half the reason i do this yeah sure i want the benefits of doing it but at the right. same time if i can make someone's commute to work right because there's a hell of a ton of money if you make job, a lot of in yeah. entertainment you can make a shit that's you know we're all in it for the money and the, yeah, the fame I mean, and the sure. but there is an underlying motivation right there's no one in, there's a, there's a, a kid rock quote that i love they asked him you know why do you like playing music yep and he goes, uh, any musician that tells you they're in it for the music, you know, they're full of shit. Right. He's like, we're all in it for the music. That's why we're fucking musicians. He yeah. goes, we're in it for the girls, the drugs, and yeah, the fucking yeah. money. Don't let anyone tell you. <laughs> so, uh, it's, but, you know, wrestling's a lot different now. There's no drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, there's still a lot of girls and money. In it. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. I, just, I have the girl. I just want the yeah. money. Take Speaking your drugs which, and your girls. Speaking of which, I'm sure you've told the story a hundred times, mm -hmm. uh, but you brought up Maria a couple times mm -hmm. so far. How did you guys meet? Like, what well, happened? It's actually an interesting story. We met uh, after Maria got uh, released by WWE. She wasn't, she just had no interest in wrestling. She was okay. worn out obviously bitter and angry sure. about you know because as a lot of people get released it's fucking annoying yeah and she know? was at kind of the height of her popularity right and it was just wrestling politics sure and so uh so she didn't do a lot of wrestling shows but she did a few here and there and she just 
literally it was i think it was almost ha- maybe six months to a year to after she had been released and she had just started doing a couple of shows and she just happened to do this one for michael bryan uh out of connecticut and he usually brings in all the stars or okay. former wwe people and i was on it he he like mixes former wwe people with local indie guys and stuff like that and i had been one of his local indie guys for a while and we just happened to be on the same show but the funny thing is at the time that we met i mean obviously you talk to everyone in the locker room whether it be you know sometimes you get a few dickheads who used to be on tv and think Mm -hmm. they're awesome but for majority of the time most of the guys are just one of the boys or one of the girls yeah yeah. awesome maria was one of the boys like she was more than just yeah. you know what i mean like she would joke around she had never met anybody didn't even know about the indies because oh she yeah, was yeah. A, i mean she knew about ring of honor but most people did and didn't know about the you know to her she, it's all the same it's all the same yeah but she was treated everyone That's a great the same. attitude yeah though. she was great and for some reason we were it's funny because we were both actually with somebody at the time she had a boyfriend oh and wow I, I had a girlfriend and but for some reason we just connected Mm -hmm. like we would joke all the time we just talked like we knew each other Mm -hmm. but again we were both with somebody so it never really escalated like we went out to dinner and we joked and and you could always feel that there was something there because i remember being with i was riding with matt taven at the time and as soon as we got in the car taven was like oh i think someone likes you and i was trying (laughs) to be cool i'm like i don't know what you're talking about and he was like oh come on but i'm like yeah but i have a girlfriend and, and he's like i know but i'm just giving you a hard time and then I don't know, four or five months after, like, no contact after mm-hmm. that. Like, I followed her on Twitter, and then she followed me back, and I thought I was hot stuff after that. <laughs> I was like, oh, Maria Canella's following me on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't say anything. I was just like, oh, look, I got to follow. Sure, and that sure. was it for the next four or five months. And then literally uh, I had, after, like, I don't know, probably three months after we had met, I had broken up with my girlfriend. So then four months after we met, I was just sitting in my apartment one night and I was like, you know what? I'm going to send her a direct message. So I sent her some inside joke that we had and she got back to me. I was like, wow, what the fuck? And she subsequently stopped, wasn't dating her boyfriend at the time. So we just started. It's all about timing. We just started to <laughs> like literally how nerdy is this? We started direct messaging each other. You're on, on the right Twitter. show for nerdy. <laughs> right. No, but we like, thank God for Twitter because we started yeah, direct yeah. messaging each other. Yeah. And, uh, and then after a while, I was like, all right, this is dumb. So I, Taven was my go-to guy for girl advice. I was like, <laughs> what do I do? I'm like, we're just, we're just direct messing. He goes, I just be up, uh, you know, be up front. Send sure. her your number and say, hey, I want to talk. What do you think? I was like, God, I don't have the balls to do that. I'm <laughs> like, this is Maria Can-. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll do it. So I just sent her my number. I said, yeah. hey, if you ever want to talk, here's my phone number. And literally that night, because she was out in L.A. that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was probably like, I don't know, 4 o'clock in the morning, Massachusetts time. So it's like 1 o'clock in the morning in L.A. Okay. And she had just come back from a, a party at the Playboy Mansion. So And I was working at a golf course at the time. So I was getting up pretty early, too. So I was yep. getting up at 5. So 5 o'clock, I wake up, and I have a text message from Maria at like four o'clock in the morning and she's like hey i just uh, you know i wanted to shoot you a text i just got your direct message just left the playboy mansion have you ever been <laughs> and i remember thinking in my head what do you first think? off my first <laughs> my first thought was fuck yeah she texted me <laughs> but then secondly it was I've never been to a fucking playboy mansion i'm from carver massachusetts what right, do you right. think <laughs> But and and that was literally, you know, I knew it was late uh, or early in the morning LA time, so I waited till mid afternoon mm-hmm. trying to play it cool, like you know, oh yeah, I'll let her sweat it out a little. <laughs> and then finally, I texted her back. I was like, oh yeah, I go to the Playboy Mansion all the time, and I sent that to her. And I'm like, I hope she gets my sense of humor. And then it's she so laughed hard in text, right? It's right. So but hard. she got it, thank God. And yeah. She she and so then we just started, and then and then I'll end the story because it's getting too long. But she. Uh, a few weeks after after that, she was going to be out in Philadelphia for uh, one of these conventions. Mm-hmm. And she was like, hey, I'm going to be on the East Coast. I know you live there. I was like, oh, cool. Where are you going to be? Thinking like New York. I'll drive to New York. Sure. She's like, Philadelphia. I'm like, oh, fuck. It's like five and a half, <laughs> you can't six make it hours. a little yeah. easier for me. I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's not too far from where I live. How about I come and see you? She's like, yeah, okay, cool. You want to hang out and, and get some dinner? I was like, yeah, let's get some dinner. So- 
you are more dangerous than I yeah. because I would have been in my head like if this girl thinks I'm willing to drive the six hours, she's gonna think I'm fucking nuts. I thought that. Okay. And so and that that was actually one of the topics of conversation. I'm like, you didn't think I was nuts for driving six hours to yeah. come see you? And she goes, I thought it was the sweetest thing anyone's ever done for me. I was like, fuck. I'm in. <laughs> but the funny thing is, it was a Friday night driving from Boston to Philadelphia, which mm-hmm. anyone who's ever done that trip on 95 oh, knows on a Friday night, once you hit fucking New York City, oh, it's, the, it's worst the worst drive ever. ever. Yep. So I did not factor that in. In the six-hour drive, took me nine hours. Ooh. So I drove nine fucking hours to go see her. Are you getting messages? Where are you? No, I just, I was, and then in my head, I'm like, oh, my first date, and I'm fucking three hours late. Right. And again, she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did that for me. That's the sweetest thing. I would have turned around wow. if I were you. So it ended up working out perfectly. But, uh, yeah, it, it, I had all those thoughts run through my head. Like, But you know what? I also just got out of a really fucking the worst relationship of my oh, life. Yeah. So in my head, I was thinking, oh, I'm just going to go balls to the wall. Like, yeah, this is Maria fucking Canellis. Either I'm going to strike out or yeah. this is going to be the best relationship I've ever had and it's been the best. So, I, you know, it was one of those <laughs> three and two, two outs, bases loaded. Yeah. I'm going to guess he's throwing the fastball and swing for it because, you know, I'd rather go out swinging than not. So that's what I did. And luckily, I hit the grand slam. Is that the biggest thing to wrap your head around? Like, I watch this person on TV yeah, it's and just, they want to spend time You know, with at me. first it was. And yeah. now I don't, like, it's not. Well, yeah, obviously now, now. But at first I was like, wow, like, why me? Like, Joe Schmo from fucking Ring of Honor. You want to date? Like, <laughs> I'm not even high on the totem pole in Ring of Honor. And you want to date me? Are you fucking kidding me? But, you know, it literally after the first date, that all switched. Like, once I, once I met her, it mm-hmm. was like, okay, cool. You're just a normal person. Yeah. And you don't even think about it. And now it's like, it's, you know. People come up to her on the street and they're like, "Hey, can I have your?" I'm like, "What? what? Get out of here!" No, but I'm like, "Why do you want to meet?" You know, but no, it's I don't right. Think like, about why do you it. want her autograph? Right. She's, she's, she's not that celebrity she's to not, me. Yeah, to yeah, me, it's yeah. just like, but uh, yeah, no, but yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, good for me. Yeah, Yay me. Oh, absolutely. Pat <laughs> myself on the back. That's my go. best accomplishment yet. <laughs> I don't need world titles. I got Maria. Since we are at a convention, um, what are your geeky interests? Oh God! Uh, I don't know. I love The Walking Dead. Yep, I think that's fucking awesome. My co-hosts love it. I yeah. watched the pilot and I was done. Yeah, yeah. Don't like it? I'm, I'm not big on zombie stuff. Oh, okay, well that that's fair. Yeah, no, I love The Walking Dead. I, I'm hooked on that. Uh, I love. Uh, I'm trying to think of like geeky show. I love Warehouse 13. Oh fucking! Wait, did you see Aaron Ashmore down no, there? Was he down there? He is here. Which uh, one's he? Steve Where? Jinx. Steve James. Oh, the uh, he dies, right? He did. He died, and they brought him back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't see him. He's here. Fuck. I got his autograph. Oh, he recorded I'm, a bumper for the podcast. Oh, I'm going to have to tell him because Maria is me. We both watch it. Oh, I love both, that show. I interviewed love Eddie. Uh, I love him. He's I interviewed him yeah. two years ago in New York. Oh, God. Yeah. No, that's like, super I think that's nice probably guy. my super nerd show. Okay. Uh, and I was so bummed when it's they- It's coming to an end. Six more episodes. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. So that's, I watched that, uh, you know, I love horror movies. I don't know if that's really nerdy, but I yeah, love, I think so. It's gotten to a sure. nerd level, right? Yeah. It's, I love horror movies. I'm obsessed. It's more so, we always say that being a geek isn't so much about the things that you like, but the way that you like them. Yeah, I guess like, so. Like you can be, you're a sports geek. I'm sure you're a wrestling geek right. for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's when you, when you get an interest in something and you just go, nom, 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 nom. You just want it Consume. constantly. Yeah. That's, yeah. I would say that's, you know, like wrestling and sports and, but walking dead, I'm not that way. Yeah. And Warehouse, I was that way with, uh, but even horror movies, like I'm very, you know, I'll watch them all, even if they're awful. Like yeah. that's why I was, I was like, oh, when Maria did her first movie, Army of the Damned, I was like, it's a fucking horror movie. Yeah. I was like, let's watch it, and it was awesome. So, yeah, that's. I mean, I don't know. Like, I love. I'm not. I'm not huge into like comic books and mm-hmm. stuff, but like, I love watching superhero movies. Like, I love the old ones. Like, I love. I would say, I mean, Ghostbusters is legit my favorite movie of all yeah. time. So I was like. My parents, my parents were actually here today and we were joking because like Ernie Hudson was across from us and my mom's like, oh, you should go up and go, I love this town. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, I'm sure he'll love that. I'll explain to him how I used to do it naked in the tub. I'm sure he'll love that fucking story. (laughs) Hey, Ernie, I love this town. I'm naked. He'll probably get me thrown out. But uh, yeah, I love Ghostbusters. So it's like, but 
Yeah. I mean, I watch superhero movies, but I'm not like obsessed with them, but I can appreciate it. And I appreciate the fact that people love comics and stuff like that. But I just, I never, I never, it never was my thing, you know, Mm -hmm. like I played video games, I guess I'm a, but not even, I don't even play that much anymore. I play Madden. That's, that's my video game. I'll play wrestling every now and then. Yeah, yeah. I'll play to fuck around. I'm like, Hey Marie, I'm you. Ha ha ha. <laughs> panties match. Huh? You know, like, <laughs> sure, sure. but that's, that's about it. So see, oddly enough, video games are what got me into wrestling. Really? It wasn't the actual show. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling growing up. Right. So my parents, of course, regretted that decision when I was like, I'm going to be a wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> I started playing SmackDown mm-hmm. and then I started watching wrestling based off that. Cause I started learning the characters and everything. Right. I'm like, I want to know more. Right. So I started watching that and I was in college already. Right. And then I said, wait a minute, this is like a live action comic book. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do awesome. this. That's one of the biggest things I love about wrestling is someone put it perfectly and I never looked at, I don't know who said it, but uh, it was after Macho Man died mm. and someone Someone said, because someone was like, you know, Macho Man hasn't really been popular for so many years. Why do people, you know, because it hit the wrestling community hard and it hit mainstream pretty hard. Absolutely. And someone said it and it made perfect sense. They said, wrestlers are the the closest thing to a real life superhero yeah. that anyone will ever see in their life. And I was like, oh shit, that's fucking true. Yeah, no wonder why. So when their superheroes die, yep. like, oh fuck, that sucks. But uh yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a big reason why I wanted to be a wrestler, oh, absolutely. Too, a real-life superhero, you know? I mean, you can watch a superhero on the big screen, but to watch See a superhero yeah. walk down the ramp and be the superhero yeah. right in front of you. Right. Yeah. And that's like, and again, I'll go off on indie wrestling, and probably just because I love wrestling so much, so I want to see guys do well. But You're such a geek. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> but, I, you know, and it's so funny because I think I have that stigma because I came into Ring of Honor, you know, like looking like a WWE guy, and mm-hmm. people are like, this guy's fucking WWE. But I have such a love for wrestling that I don't think people truly, and I don't fucking care if they know or not. But And if people are saying you have a WWE look, that's only oh, a yeah, good oh, thing. God forbid, God forbid I go to the fucking gym. Yeah. <laughs> right? God fucking forbid. Uh, but, yeah, it's like i have such a love for wrestling i want to see it do well and it's like and that's another thing on indies guys guys don't they're not larger than life mm-hmm. like i don't care if you're five foot well two. some of them are larger well, so, than yeah, life. So, <laughs> not in the way no, not in a good way you know and like i'm gonna eat this whole buffet kind of way right, you right. know but it's like i don't care if you're five two and 190 pounds if ray mysterio can find a way to be larger than life then anyone who puts has enough passion that he did for wrestling mm-hmm. can find a fucking way it's just you know how it is like and it's uh, it goes back and i think i just said this to guy the other day uh bully ray said mm-hmm. it great he goes nobody wants to pay to see pure technical wrestling people want to see good guy versus bad guy hell and yeah you can involve pure technical wrestling in good guy versus bad guy but you still need good guy versus bad guy and that's being a larger than life good guy and a larger than life bad guy and they fucking clash the reason why batman is so popular is because the joker was just as fucking good as batman hell yeah you know and yeah if you can relate it to comic books or any kind of comic movie that's how it is right you know like that's why the new batmans are so great because they actually like that heath ledger was just as fucking awesome as christian bale so that's why people wanted to see and like and and at the end, like I think people were genuinely excited that the real Heath Ledger, God rest his soul, died. But right, I think that's right. why people were genuinely excited because at the end of the ba- the, the the Dark Knight, uh, Joker didn't die. Right. So they're like, "Fuck yeah, this can continue." Yes. And that's what makes yep. good wrestling is where like you look at Stone Cold and Vince, just as larger than life bad guy as there was good guy, and it never really fucking ended. It just kind of, the story just kept telling itself to where yeah. they finally join forces and then you know whether you liked it or agreed with it or not right it right. still had a story arc that went to it and i think that's the biggest problem you know guys don't want to be larger than life mm-hmm. they want to be oh mr flippy dippy athlete you know yeah fucking that move was crazy oh fuck no right you know, people will pay money to see you be larger than life mm-hmm. you know and that's that's when wrestling does well. People paid Hogan to see his like last three spots. That's it. He could have just done that and nothing else. They during paid the match. Hogan to see him start yes, shaking and hulking up. Yeah. They paid Ultimate Warrior to see him run to the ring and lift his hands up to the yep. sky. That's it. They paid Stone Cold to see Stone Cold to drink beer and flip people off. Yeah. They paid The Rock <laughs> to see him raise a fucking eyebrow. Yeah. Undertaker to roll his eyes. Like you can, if you can list something that somebody does. That's not a fucking move. Right. And most of the time it's not. It's not. No. People pay money to see Cena wave his fucking hand in front of his face. Triple H to say suck it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. If if there's something these guys do that's not a wrestling move, then you know you you have something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just the truth. And I think that's 
that's what's missing. That's what wrestling needs. That's what Ring of I know that's what Ring of Honor needs. Yeah. They have so many talented guys, but they need that. The guys need something that's not a power bomb off the second balcony through a table. Like sure. you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. that that's and don't get me wrong, I respect the fucking hell out of these guys, but they need like I personally think for Ring of Honor to be successful, we need more good guy bad guy mm -hmm. which we have we have the talent to do it right it's just whether these guys want to do it right or not. you know what i mean is it uh, the, because of the climate that ring of honor has had because from what i've seen ring of honor fans love that ring of honor guys have this move set and that right. technical prowess and this and that is there a change that needs to happen somewhere to kind of like groom the fans in that direction? Yeah, I think the fans, I think fans can be taught anything. I think the one thing I will give Ring of Honor fans is that they, they do just love good wrestling. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They won't just, just because I don't go out and do 32 chops and super kicks sure. doesn't mean they're not going to like me. If it's good wrestling and good storytelling, they'll appreciate that just as much as they'll appreciate strong style. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I will give them that. But I think it's more so up to the guys because like the difference I think that earlier ring of honor had was that they had those guys that had the presence, the punks, the, the Joes, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? They, uh, the Austin Aries, they had that presence along with being fucking incredible wrestlers. Sure. Uh, and I think now, and it's no fault of ring of honor. It's just the fact that that's where WWE goes to get their talent. Mm -hmm. That guys just leave. And they go make their money and good for them. So it's like, it's like, but Ring of Honor's done a great job. I always call Ring of Honor Law and Order because Law and Order continued on for 20 years. Yeah, and yeah. After everyone would leave, they would always find suitable replacements. Sure. So I think that's, but what they need to do now is take those suitable replacements and make them the stars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I think they're doing because Delirious is fucking great yep. at what he does. And, uh, and I, I think, uh, I think they'll get there. I think it's just a matter of, well, we're slowly getting there. They're slowly getting there. Sure. And it's, it's a process, but yeah. I think they'll get there. Yeah. We are in a very different age of wrestling than had existed prior. I think a lot of that is largely because of the internet. Right. Do you feel, as someone in that position, that the internet is hurting or helping the business? Uh, you know, I think it can do both. And I think, I think saying the internet hurts wrestling is uh it's a cop out you mm -hmm. know because there's ways around anything there's mm -hmm. ways you know you can i'm sorry but any fan can be fooled yeah you know they can be and i think fans i think fans want to suspend their disbelief mm -hmm. i think they want to i don't think fans go to show saying eh, let's see what you can i think there right. is i think for every hundred fan that's into it there's one douchebag that does that yeah so you know what i mean so if there's 500 there's five guys there that's you know what i mean like right, right, right. and so you don't have to really pay attention to them but i think there's uh, i think there's way to you know yeah it's i think it's the stupid people that write like oh that match was five stars you know what why right, does it right because i've seen reviews of people say well uh you know bennett in uh tomaso was two and a half stars and the match sucked yeah we'll tell that to the fucking thousand people that were standing on their feet going fucking nuts for it yeah you know like you can't just okay so you liked it yeah that doesn't mean you know what i mean it's like a movie review like if someone who goes and watches an action movie who loves drama movies is gonna say well that movie kind of sucked yeah. Well, not to the fucking hundred people in the movie. And how do, you, how do you argue with someone else's opinion? Right. <laughs> it's your opinion. It doesn't mean it was bad. Yeah, it's yeah. flavors of fucking ice cream again. So I, I don't think it hurts it. I just think it's, you just got to be more creative. Are there other uh, like extra levels of protection? I know you guys probably aren't worried about it as much as WWE is with like word getting out about this guy coming back or right. spoiling an angle. Have you dealt with that at all or? Yeah, I think to an extent, uh, I mean, I don't think it's as bad in Ring of Honor as yeah. it is in WWE, but uh, you know, it it, it happens. Yeah. Guys talk. Guy, I mean, I think guys need to be more careful about keeping their mouths shut. Like, mm -hmm. Just like, why do you want? Like, I don't want to know the end to a movie, so why? Sure. You know, why go tell someone? Yeah. You know, like let it be. Uh, I don't know. I never understood why guys in the wrestling business go tell people what. I think it's stupid. Like, yeah. who the fuck cares? It, it's. If if I don't know, I just always thought that was stupid. Just keep. I agree. I think there's a responsibility on people on my side too, because I mean, I interviewed someone from TNA mm -hmm. years ago, and she told me that someone was debuting soon by accident. Really? Like in our interview, and she goes, oh. "Wow." She's like, "Can you edit that out?" Yeah. And I could have been a dick. Yeah, and not done and it, and just put it right out yeah. there, and it would. But 
you're taking that. I'm a guy that's anti-spoiler. Yeah, everything. I think it's enjoy so. It. Of course, I edited it out. Not only out of respect to her because she was giving me her time. Yeah, but why like, would you? Who, yeah, who wants to do that? Yeah, You're like I just found out the ending. I'm going to tell uh-huh. you. That's Everyone stupid. listen. Yeah, yeah. So Uh-oh. there's definitely responsibility on both My sides. My girlfriend's calling for me. Uh-oh. Well, yeah. we're about at our hour anyway. All so right, cool. Perfect timing. Yeah, I'll text her and tell her I'm coming to get her. Awesome. Thanks so much for yeah, uh, of being course. on the show. Yeah, I had fun. Can you believe an hour went by already? No, crazy. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks again to Mike Bennett for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at RealMikeBennett. Please go to thegeekgeneration.com for everything that we do over there. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We appreciate those. You can like us at facebook.com slash thegeekgeneration. Follow us at Geek Generation on Twitter and Pinterest. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Night Angel. Send your emails to podcast.thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Later. Make it so.